Hello and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Serta, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. On the show today is Poppy Jamie, one of the world's leading entrepreneurs, podcast hosts, and speakers in the mental well-being and mindfulness space. Now, Poppy is the founder of the award-winning Happy Not Perfect app, host of the Not Perfect podcast, and author of her new book, Happy Not Perfect, Upgrade Your Mind, Challenge Your Thoughts, and Free Yourself from Anxiety, which are some of our favorite topics here. So Poppy, firstly, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. So I kind of feel like I haven't done you justice just yet. Why don't you introduce yourself how you'd like to be introduced? Gosh, no, I think you've done a really good job. But I guess we aren't the labels, right, that um, we kind of put on ourselves. I would say I am going to steal this from Kristen Neff. I'm a compassionate mess. I feel that life has is constantly going wrong. And I used to fight against it so much and just do everything I possibly could to try to be somewhat close to perfection and failed miserably, ending up usually in a bucket of anxiety and self-critical thoughts. So right now, who I am is a compassionate mess every single day learning to accept myself, flaws and all. I know that in your book, you write about how people can overcome uncertainty, perfectionism, fears of rejection in order to create a happy, healthy future. So... I'd love you to tell us a little bit more about what prompted you to write it. I think I got to this point after six years of researching the field. The culture has changed so considerably. Six years ago, we didn't dent talk about most of these things in the public. And I was a TV host at the time and I was hosting one of the first ever talk shows on Snapchat and I had millions of people watching and suddenly I would receive thousands of messages from people all around the world going, I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about, I'm so stressed. Like, what do I do about this? I'm so, uh, and I remember just reading them going, I feel exactly the same way. And I remember going, okay, what can I do about it? And my, I'm really lucky. I have a mother who's a psychotherapist. And so I've always had my mother teach me about mental health. And so mental health has been something, you know, part of our family from a very young age. But I got to this point in life where there's one thing knowing there's another thing doing, you know, rationally, we can go, I kind of know this. And then suddenly, something external can happen an event. And we can be totally it's like the rug pulls under our feet, and we're just toppled. And um, in that moment, I realized that I didn't want to meditate. That wasn't my route to healing. And yet everybody was just telling me, well, but do you meditate? But do you meditate? I said, surely there must be something else that we can be doing and learning. And so when it came to writing this book, and I've put it off for so many years, and I suddenly had this time when I thought, okay, I've been privileged enough to spend six years researching, talking to the world's best experts. But I know a lot of people don't have that time. And I also wish I had this book and I wished I had these tools way earlier because I would have had a dramatically different like 
20 years that I've just gone through of a lot of lost night's sleeps, worrying about things that I really could have addressed in a different way. And so my book is everything that I've learned that has truly changed my life and put in with lots of stories. And so you can hear about all my disasters and uh, and how the research in this field has like truly changed my life. So in your book, you talk a lot about, uh, you know, how you struggled with perfectionism and, and life purpose. What practical tools did you then find to overcome some of these issues? So I developed a method called the flex. Step one is connection and this idea that, and it will, uh, I'm sure kind of your understanding of like Buddhism and, and especially Akatole, this is, this is nothing new. It's just in a formula that helps you to understand. And the step of connections, this idea of like being in complete acceptance of whatever you're feeling, because I used to be such a culprit of I'm an emotional, I'm a deeply emotional person. And so I used to get into this kind of rhythm of like feeling something, it'd be uncomfortable. And I'm like, no, 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 that's wrong to feel like, you know, I would attach, oh, that's a negative emotion. I would start kind of putting emotions in a hierarchy of what's okay to feel and what's not. And being, I've been so conditioned to be that kind of like happy, polite girl that, you know, when I was feeling kind of like angry or these, you know, more unpleasant emotions per se, I would try and like push them down very, very quickly to emerge, you know, feeling fine and go into numbing behavior, like, you know, go online or, you know, other people kind of want to go like suddenly you go internet shopping or in actually, you know, one of my coping behaviors for feeling uncomfortable emotions was to, throw myself into work and I talk about that a lot in the book it's a very strange addiction you can have to work and I call it you know like workaholism because often when we think about addiction we're like oh drugs alcohol you know all of these things that you know come up in that conversation but an addiction is any behavior outside of ourself that has negative consequences and when you're addicted to work and you know you're working like 17 hours a day because you just kind of want to suppress how you're feeling or you know you think it's going to make you feel better if you work harder not necessarily really addressing like the root causes, it obviously is very detrimental and it led to my deep chronic exhaustion and burnout and um, and basically stopped me working for eight months. So it completely like, you know, ended up in what I, what I didn't want um, at all. And so this is why this connection step was so important. And I use the technique called the diffusion technique, which comes from acceptance commitment therapy. And by saying things like, you know, today my mind feels, <sighs> today my mind feels, today we remind ourselves, you know, emotions are temporary. Just today, my mind, like I am not my emotion, my mind feels like this and then labeling the emotion because research proves when we label our emotion we actually decrease the emotions impact because we start to activate that computer side of our brain when we activate the computer side we start relaxing that emotional center and then in the connection step it's then about upgrading that connection we have with ourselves. and so I always say you can't think your way out of a problem you've got to move your way and that was so true for me because I would like sit there receive you know an email, uh, my kind of psychological threat system would go into overdrive and pumping cortisol. I'm stressed out and I feel like I just want to react to the email because I'm ready. Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and then I sit there with this stress and I'm, you know, can't create the solution. But actually, when I upgrade that connection, upgrade my energy, like, dance for five minutes, go for a walk for 20 minutes, go for a run, like even just like micro, I call micro flexes, relax your shoulders down, like, oh, relax your jaw, your like your tummy 
suddenly you're on this, like you've changed your energy and thus have a greater ability to be able to change your thinking and step away from that reactionary mode and move into a place of pause where we can start collecting our wisdom. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. So I, you know, I think it's a sign of someone that's taken the time and the experience to try and distill their stuff down, right? Um, I know from like other friends that have written books, you know, what an awesome experience it actually is to come up with your sort of different ways that you've developed through coping strategies, through science, through real world living, and then distilling them down into a system. So I guess my question to you on this is how rewarding a feeling is that? It's like truly kind of like freeing because if we don't take a conscious moment and I'll go through the other three steps of the flex because like connections, the first one, but if we don't take a moment, I think, you know, I obviously was fortunate enough to have this exercise of writing a book, but even if you're not writing a book, it is the most incredible gift that you can give yourself. The ancient Greek said, know thyself, know thyself. And like thousands of years later, we're suddenly going, ah, what does it mean to know thyself? And what does it mean to understand like this biological computer that we all have, you know, and we've ignored for so many years and finally we're going, actually, it's the root of our peace. And if we don't deliberately, consciously kind of address our mind, our past then predicts our future because, you know, the brain works upon past patterns. Have I seen this before? How did I behave about this before? I'm going to do that again because familiarity is kind of like what we're run on. But actually... The other three steps, the flex, it has given me, I guess, like more peace than I could ever, ever imagine. So step two is curiosity. And then that's when you ask, you ask yourself, are your thoughts even true? And Katie Byron was my kind of huge inspiration for that. And, um, and her four questions and her, her work called The Work. Uh, because when we're unwilling to even ask questions, and, is, and I think entrepreneurs actually are brilliant examples of people who become very good at managing adversity, very good at using challenges as an acceleration for their greatest change. And what great, what the greatest entrepreneurs do is they ask questions like, oh, they're critical thinkers, they're scientists about themselves and their world. Like, that's interesting. Tell me more. That's interesting. We've just seen that trend or, you know, that piece of information, like, Let's explore that rather than jumping to conclusions, making quick decisions, and then that be the wrong decision, having to sit with that. Whereas when we adopt that sort of curiosity within ourselves, we end up being able to meet these challenges and start taking deliberate decisions forward that are actually going to help our growth rather than keep us in this like reactionary mode. And that's why the third step is choice, because... I always like to remind myself, I do have a choice to respond. And like Viktor Frankl, I think, and Man's Search for Meaning, his book is excellent in him reminding us that every human being, we all have a choice between stimulus and response. And that's why, do we choose to live a compassionate life? Do we choose forgiveness? Do we choose to open our mind to better opinions than ones that we potentially hold? And lastly, change only happens when we actually commit to making decisions and acting upon the values that we hold with inside. And I think some of this, you know, especially when you go into the more woo-woo side of things of this work, and I love woo-woo, like I really do. Like, I mean, I've got my crystal here, but, you know, sometimes I think we can think up a new reality just by thinking it. And actually I am 
a firm believer that change comes from action. And so that's why when, when we really make a commitment to choosing to live our life in a flexible, compassionate, curious way, that's when my life, certainly, when you ask like how like my life has changed, I used to be highly reactionary. If you ask anyone that has worked with me, like, oh God, Poppy loves a reactive email. And this, and like, I think taking the time to like understand and like have a method that I can live life by has been deeply helpful. do you personally do for your brain care then how do you live your life on a daily basis looking after your brain well to be honest the four c's is really like governs my brain care because usually like what takes my brain care away from being in a good place is i write about this a lot um i call them ants and they're just a short word for automatic negative thoughts and these naughty ants like run around your mind and they tell you terrible things about the future that you know they're kind of paralysis by analysis like overthinking everything assuming the worst like confirmation bias like making attaching meaning to things that actually have no meaning at all like i'm honestly the like the worst for creating like horrible critical stories and so when i become off balance because of those type of things what gets me back into kind of like looking after my mind is really employing those like four C's, like curiosity, like Poppy, do you know it's true that person doesn't like you? Do you really know it's true? Like, how does this thought make you feel? Like, absolutely terrible about myself. And who would you be without this thought? Like, well, you know, feeling good back to being like in equilibrium with my mind. Or for example, one of the things I do a lot is my own dance party because being reconnected to the body is again, something that we can totally become disconnected from for or sometimes years. And we may be like inverted commas exercising, but we're exercising in such a robotic way that again, we kind of like lose all feeling and lose all that wisdom our body can like be telling us. And so having a dance party with myself is actually this like wonderful way for me to like reconnect and be like, oh, that shoulder and like, oh God, Leah, you do feel quite anxious like in your tummy and like, and like being able to kind of shake off all that energy that we hold inside of us. So I feel like those are kind of like my, my main kind of brain care things I, I return to. Perfect. Thank you so much, Poppy. And I'm looking forward to getting you back on the next episode. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and follow us at Your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how well you're feeding your brain, you can head to yourheights.com forward slash brain food to get your free score from one to 100 and start taking action from there. See you next week.